0: You're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on
1: four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply. People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on Earth. Rumours of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth
0: inside these mysteries.
1: Hello and welcome back and thank you very much for joining us for another episode. I'm Solway.
2: And I'm Finchy McFinch.
1: And today we have on a ghost investigation team from based in Memphis, um, but they've got like a, a different element to what they do. You know, their ghost investigations are focused mostly, uh, not not always, but mostly on the rescue side of it. Um, rescuing spirits is the, you know, ethos, if you like.
2: These guys are like the R of the spirit world.
1: That's it. So. That's it. These, you know, they, they want to move spirits on and uh, and all that. So, you know, like I said in the interview, it's, it is unique, um, to, you know, to be focused on that. Because most teams go out and they're focused on collecting evidence or, uh, yeah. you know, trying to prove something, that kind of thing. Whereas these are just mostly going out just to you know, benefit the spirit, not necessarily, you know, to get evidence or to, to boost their own ego. So I think that's, you know, interesting. Um, we did have some technical issues um, during recording, uh, so hopefully you can forgive us for that. Because Skype is a bitch at the minute, um, and I, I don't know if that's necessarily Skype's fault or it's just the fact that everyone's locked down because of the plague, um, which is obviously an issue when everyone's online. And it's it's been a it's been a problem, hasn't it, the last couple of weeks?
2: It has. It has. My internet's been awful recently as well, so it's uh, it's just not playing ball.
1: Mm. But while we're on the plague, you know, I've been looking at everything that's coming through and all the rest of it, and I've had my own ideas on what's going on and um, how it may be related, or I'm not related to to outside events, particularly the sun. You know, uh, I've been saying for a long time now on the show and and off the show, but uh, the sun is doing some weird shit, and then people have you know suggested for millions of years that we, the body has this magnetic field. Yeah. And um if the if the sun's doing weird things and the magnetic fields altering, then does that change our magnetic field and hence why we feel ill all across the world? Um, I know it's easy just to blame China and that, but maybe there's something else, you know, more underlining then I was just I just popped up on Google this morning, I was reading an article there where scientists are now saying that the magnetic field is uh, weakening. Um, okay. So, you know, I don't know whether that's linked into it, and uh, and I'm not a doctor, so um, don't, don't. I was gonna say don't sue, but you can't, can you? you can't sue <laughs> the pharmacist and that. <laughs> Especially you know, anyway, that's another story. But um, so anyway, that's that's my thoughts on it. Or I don't know. I mean, what we was saying there, you know, thinking too much about it and stressing about it can only bring you down. So yeah. unless you've yeah. got it, yeah, unless you're over eighty and you've got underlying health conditions, and you've got it, then, you know, what's to worry about?
2: Well, there you go. But, you know, some of the stories that they are coming up, well, not, you know, it's not, not government, but, well, it is a government, but um, the media as well, some of the stories that we're getting out of it are just absolutely rid- ridiculous. Um, and there's definitely part of a cover-up go- cover going on because South Southend last, uh, last week... About Wednesday, I think it was when we had that, we had a good day of sun, and uh, you know, pictures were blooming out on the internet again of people going out and not abiding by the rules. When the pictures and videos that everyone's being shown are from three years ago. Mm. and you know and it is a common thing on facebook on the internet on news websites they like to recycle old pictures and videos to make people think that the situation now is 10 times bigger than what it actually is now i'm not ruling out the south end situation because it was busy you know i i, I have seen the yeah. live live video from there it was busy yeah and, i think
1: sometimes people you know get get hung up on a particular photo that's used or you know a particular clip or video i mean a lot of these uh, news agencies especially if they're not based in Southend, will just use a clip of people on the beach yeah uh to yeah. Repre- you know just because we need a visual representation of what people on the beach looks like um so
2: see i, I was down i was down on wednesday as well it was uh, my partner's uh, birthday and we went down to cleefault's beach and we was walking down there and by no means was it busy um i dare say along the full seafront itself there's probably about a thousand people 1500 people in total walking along there you know resting up on the beach but you know the same thing goes that everyone was keeping the distance uh, there were measures in place that people could walk along there safely on the beach as well as people there's a safe be- uh, beach safety team was on there so beach
1: you know safety team
2: beach safety team that's what the <laughs> that's what i know that's what our council has um, oh it's God. like Mablethorpe, skegness you know other big places like that don't have a uh, beach safety team which surprises me don't
1: but, surprise um, me
2: <laughs> but um yeah and you know and when i look back to the same day we didn't read on the south end thing until th- later that night and we had a look and we went well you know Cleethorpes, grimsby if anyone's not going to follow the rules it's probably people from grimsby mainly mm. um and we looked at it, and yeah, there were a few holiday makers there, you know, traveling from Yorkshire um, and around that region. But it wasn't bad at all. It wasn't bad. It was, you know. And I did see the next day the local newspaper that made it out to be absolutely horrendous, and it wasn't at all. It wasn't.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that going on. But anyway, I think we're getting to the end of it now, and people will be able to. to well, so
2: so to say, I've I've been speaking to a few people. I've been doing work for and. They, t- they, You know, they're, they're adamant, absolutely adamant that there's going to be a second spike oh, before yeah. Christmas. You know, Ravi's what I'm calling the second spikers now because it's like they want to stick two knives in your back and they want to make it twice as bad. And I can't, personally, I can't see it. Um, but I think they're, for me, I feel that they're the type of people that have been in sol- solitary lockdown from the start, mm. you know. And if they have been out, well, they're going against their own word, you know.
1: Like I say, if they're over 80 or, let's say, over 65 and they've got underlying health conditions, then obviously they probably should stay at home. But I think everybody else, uh, uh, you know, if, I'd say, what, well, out of everybody else that's under 65, 99% of people that get it, or it's even more than that, isn't it? But 99% of people that get it, uh, you know, don't even know they've got it or they've they've a very mild case of it. Um, if they haven't avoided it before, because it's possible they could have had it years ago. But hey yo uh, Anyway, that's another story. So anyway, that's part <laughs> of the reason why we've been struggling to get shows out, just so people are aware. So let's get on with today's show. So we give you Stephen and Kayla from the Memphis Investigation Team. That's not nice, is it?
2: Memphis Paranormal... No, no, not <laughs> <laughs> Memphis Ghost Investigators. Ghost Investigators. The RNLI... Of the uh, spirit so, world.
1: Kayla and Stephen from the Memphis Ghost Investigation team. That's a one. All right, that's that then. Right, next one.
2: <laughs> Can you give us a shout out, but not fuck it up, please,
1: mate? <laughs> hey, get what you give them. So, right. Do you want to tell me a little bit about the group and what you do? Because I'm intrigued by this uh, rescue aspect of this uh, ghost group, should we call it for now. Um, obviously, that's something quite unique uh, in this field. So I'm interested in that. But do you want to tell us a little bit about the group um, and what your intentions are with that? And you want to start, Stephen?
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, we're a kind of a power trio. It's uh, me and Caleb Bales and Jennifer Brooks. And I put this uh, current team together in October of 2018. I've been involved in spirit rescue for about 13 years and I was introduced to it by a medium down in St. Augustine, Florida area. So I've done a lot of spirit rescues over the years. And then uh, Kayla and I connected in October of 2018. I asked her to join in with me. And then Jennifer uh, came on the scene in, uh, I think it was April or May of 2019. So, our focus is not to go into homes and uh, collect evidence. Uh, I did a lot of that in the early days, and um, we actually provide better validation than we can, you know, people can get through equipment because we're able to go in and intuitively connect with any spirit energies in a place, find out why they're there, uh, counsel them, and help them to release in that way. It provides peace to that spirit and also restores peace to the uh, client's house or business.
1: Okay, cool. And what's uh, Kayla's role in the group?
3: So when we go on investigation, I write down, I keep a notepad. I write down everything I'm getting or perceiving. And any time we go to investigation, we don't know anything. I prefer not to know anything at all, not even the location. So as soon as I get there, and if I pick up an entity or energy, I'll start taking notes. And then at the end, we all go over our notes and stuff. So what I do is communicate with the spirits there, get what information I can, and help them any way that I can.
1: Right, I'm just going to add the Aaron into the conversation here. I'm just going to add the the co-host uh, into the conversation. Okay, he's available now. He's had some technical issues as well. Um,
3: I've had a few technical issues.
1: It's it's just terrible, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of a different way to to do this, but <laughs> it is what it is at the minute, isn't it? Right, let's try this. He goes by the name of Finchie. Okay. By <laughs> <Like> the beard.
0: <laughs> now Finchy has, I believe, has a poltergeist living with him. Did he I read does. that online? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey. How are we all doing? Great. New.
2: Not too bad. Not too bad.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: so um, we've just started, literally. So they've just been telling me about the uh, the group itself, and and. Um, uh I'm gonna get into some more aspects of this uh, the rescue part of it, but essentially um they've just told they've told me the roles so far, what they do, um and that's basically it at the moment. So you've joined at the uh, pr- pr- um, well, fantastic timing, really, I suppose. Um before we get into the meat of the conversation, shall we say. Um Okay, so uh it was Stephen and Kayla, by the way, Aaron.
2: Nice to meet you both. Nice to meet Thank you.
1: Okay, so um before we get into the, because uh, I'm going to ask you obviously about your encounters and etc. and the, and that obviously that cliche stuff, but I'm 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 really intrigued on this this rescue aspect of the group, so I'm going to stick on that for a little bit longer. Okay, <clears throat> okay, so. In regards to this rescue uh, aspect of the, what the group's all about, which again, you know, like I say, is unique um, and I don't want to labour on it too much, but th- this really does intrigue me. Um, and I've spoken about this before on previous shows and with other groups, but this element of this, um, the spirits need rescuing, um, you know, all this where we we try and get spirits to go to the light and all this. And I'm never quite sure whether uh, the spirits want that um i don't know how we can tell so obviously you said you spoke to a medium which sort of guided you down this this road Stephen. so right what mm-hmm. what you know where do you stand on all that and what what mate what's your um you know your take on that
0: okay in my experience uh doing this for about 13 years i've worked with a lot of different mediums probably about a dozen mediums so um i've learned from them they've learned from me but Typically, when we go into a house, in fact, we have an investigation tonight. Our first investigation in two months since this lockdown began. We'll probably be wearing masks, but we're going to go anyway. But um, so, when when we get to this house tonight, um, we will connect with with anyone who is there. Uh, Kayla's clear audience, and I uh, cl- which means clear hearing. So she's actually able to hear uh, words and sentences. So we'll get a story from any spirits who are there, and then we will explain to them that, um, you know, for for whatever reason they give us in their story that's holding them there, we will try to help them get past that, let go of burdens or past regrets and that kind of thing. Now, they have free will, so they can choose to transition at that point, or they can choose to stay. And some are relatives, actually, or connected to the person uh, that we will visit tonight. a possibility, so okay, sometimes so. it will stay for those reasons. Um, but so, it's,
1: so sort of staying behind is like um t- uh, like a guardian angel kind of thing, looking out. For yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Like a like a spirit guide type situation. So, but the main thing is when we go in and we counsel and we explain the options they have. If they choose to transition immediately, that's great. But they at least have the information. Uh, it, it takes a, it actually takes a human agent to go in and uh, someone who's able to perceive them and, and hear their thoughts and understand what they're going through uh, to be able to to provide that counseling. So they do have the information and they can think it over for a while. You know, might might be an hour, might be a day, might be a week or a month or a year. But eventually they probably will release. Most of them release immediately because they just uh, you know, they've been stuck for so long in such distress, they're ready to go. So it varies though. I'm sure Kayla can add to that.
3: Yeah, it really depends on them. So what we do is we go in. when we talk to them, we give them an option. So not we're not making them leave. Or making them permanently go anywhere we're just educating them and then the rest would be up to them ultimately so we have a lot of compassion and respect for the work that we do and the entities we come in contact with
2: okay so the work the work that you do i mean what's what's probably the best uh, not necessarily experience that you've had but the best feeling that you get from doing these investigations
3: It's just amazing to be able to, in a sense, see and communicate with somebody who's invisible or has no contact for who knows however long. And then finally someone comes in and talks to them and gives them an option to reside or go to a better place versus where they might be, you know, and that's just a great feeling. It's multi-level, really. Because there's so many people that we help or come in contact with and make an impact on their lives. And for me, that's one of the greatest feelings for the work I do.
2: Yeah. Well, following that up as well, then, what is the best experience that you've had? uh, One unique one to yourself.
3: Mm. Years ago, when I was about 18 or 19, I was in cosmetology school and I was doing, I read cards, And I was reading cards for this girl's friend, and another lady had walked in. This is actually, now that I think about, one of my first, like, prominent medium encounters I ever had. This other girl walked in into the room where I was doing the readings, and they asked her if she wanted to get her cards read. And she said, no, I need to get the schoolwork done. And I looked at her, and I asked her if it was okay to tell her something i said i don't need to read your cards but you have a guardian or an angel around you it's a very strong energy and then she as soon as she asked me if it was her grandfather it's like i could see him and that was just one of the most amazing experiences i ever had because i gave her a very beautiful message she definitely heard what she needed to and it really changed her life
2: that's the best thing about these because they're so personal Mm -hmm you can yeah. check you know you can really change someone's not so much their perspective well, not so much their future on things but their perspective is more focused i'd say i wouldn't mm-hmm. say it's changed it's yeah. more focused and i think that's one of the best things about going to different mediums um i've always said don't stick with one medium whenever yeah. you're going through to different investigate try and try and mix it up a bit get different people because everyone has a different opinion on uh what's out there and what they're encountering yeah. um but it's great if you get that correlation between different mediums that are getting the same answers to everything that's that's when it for for me it really hits home but say you get three different people and they're all saying the same things for me that's that's one of the greatest experiences i've had
1: well that's confirmation yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so um so stephen um obviously we're talking about ghost here as if they're um Uh, Matter of fact, I know there's a lot of people who'll be listening who don't necessarily believe um, in such things. So what makes you a believer in that sense? I mean, is there been some example that you can give us where, you know, it's almost impossible to deny?
0: Well, sure. Uh, I mean, I've been involved in paranormal investigations for 18 years. So um, it started on a ghost tour for me, just a simple little ghost tour down in Florida. I got interested and found a group in the Memphis area and joined up with them, and we started doing residential investigations. So I was really, really skeptical uh, in the beginning, probably for a full year. And I would have all these things happen uh, during the investigations. I'd try to come up with some kind of rational explanation for it. And then one night we uh, were in an, an old theater, uh, which is used for producing plays and so forth. And we had recorded uh, some EVPs, electronic voice phenomena, uh, voices in that theater of a little girl. So I got the idea to take some music from her time period. Uh, people described her as wearing like Victorian style clothing. So I took the song in there and was playing it, and she spoke out loud. And all of us heard her. She was up in the balcony, and it was definitely a, a voice. And it was a child, a little girl. And that was the night, you know there was just no denying it after that so i've just had so many experiences over the years it's just very normal to me now
1: okay so if you add um and uh, like there's obviously two two sides that is, you know to someone being a skeptic there's the skeptics that won't believe anything no matter mm-hmm. what evidence you put in front of them then there's the skeptics that are open-minded so if you add and obviously, it's not your job to convince people. I, I am aware. I am aware of that. Mm-hmm. But if you had a skeptic say that was long for the ride, um, what would you point to? What would be? Um, you know, if you you had the, you know, obviously you you want to show this person that there is life outside. So, what would be the number one thing you would try and do to to persuade them?
0: Well, you know, it does take a personal experience. Uh, I never try to convince anyone. Um, years ago, starting about 2005, I started teaching workshops at an antebellum home uh, near Memphis uh, that was a bed and breakfast. And the aim of those workshops was to uh, allow people to have an experience, but it was also to teach them how to feel spirit energy, because everyone has that potential. Uh, some people feel it as a you know kind of a tingling sensation, or heat, or pressure, or whatever. So I would have my workshop guests come in. This place was very haunted, and um, there were spirits there that would interact. And I would always try to you know, explain to them, if I felt someone come in, because I'm clairsentient, I can feel the energy of spirits. I would say, you know, does anyone feel anything right now? And a lot of times people would feel something, and then I would kind of uh, point it out to them what they were feeling. But what's really what's really funny about that is the skeptics we had uh, this one guy show up for a workshop one time and brought his whole office with him. It was like 12 people and uh, so he had this one room downstairs and they really wanted to show him that there is a spirit world so he puts his uh, he goes to the restroom puts his cell phone down on the table beside him and they threw it across the room. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes they will target, Well, not target, but they will focus on uh, skeptics to, you know, give them that experience that they need. Cool.
2: I think sometimes, I mean, we we did an investigation with, um, I think it was your your, your father or your stepdad, wasn't it, Lee? Um, And he's a bit of a skeptic. He was, you know, he's more against, he's got to see it to believe it type thing, if I'm right in saying. And, Throughout the investigation of the night, you know, there was a few things that tweaked to him a little bit, but there were not enough there. There wasn't enough there. We didn't get too much um, action in the night of things happening or uh, anything coming through to us. But it does go to show that those that are willing to keep the open mind, you know, and I think it should go along with people that have even their own present experience is we, we're it's the debug side of things. Once you're in, you're in with it, but you've still got to keep that main focus of you do have to debug some of the things that are happening um, and some of the things you will miss as well. And I think that goes for a sceptic as well. But I think they're more on that debug side until something really hits home with them. And I think that's got to take a personal experience, like you say, but it's got to be more of them on their own than with a group of people. I agree. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. So talk us through. Yeah, obviously, you're going to this um, this house tonight. So talk us through. You know the, your plan for the night, how, how you set out, and what you what you're ultimately uh, achieve, hopefully to achieve.
0: Kayla, what talk I about what we'll do.
3: and what we'll do is when we arrive, I'll start taking notes, and while I do that, and I'm focused, so when we show up. Steven's role is to interact with the spirits in the flesh, the people who are physically there. And then what I'm going to do is I focus on anyone who's there in spirit. So while he's doing an introduction and kind of explaining things, I'll sit in, you know, their dining room, living room, wherever we're at and start taking notes from anything that I'm getting. And then after that, if I'm drawn to anywhere or if an entity's, wanting me to follow them in the house to a certain area, that's what I'll do and see if I can get more information. It's almost like I'm a counselor for spirits in (laughs) a sense. So what I do when I go there, you know, I go, I listen, I try to get information I can and understand what happened or what I can do to help them cross over or reach a higher vibration.
0: Okay. So it's really important to to hear their story. I actually uh, met an English medium. Her name was Audrey. She's she's passed over. She's in spirit now. Uh, she was like 80 years old when I met her. That was about 10 years ago. And she was involved in rescue circles in England, uh, sending what they call sending circles or rescue circles, where people would gather weekly and uh, in a group and raise the vibration in that area and draw spirits in that are earth.
1: Hello?
3: Hey, can you hear me still?
1: I can hear you, yeah. Okay. Stephen's just dropped out there for a minute.
3: Uh oh.
2: See, see if it comes back to us.
3: Well, I do have a question for Finchie. Yes, hello. Um, so you have an entity around you that you call Poltergeist, correct?
2: Yes, yes, Derek. Oh, we please. call him Derek.
3: <laughs> so I'm curious, why have you chosen the word or title "Poltergeist" when you refer to Derek?
2: Okay, so I think first of all, I think the the poltergeist thing come firstly from me, purely down to the film, and that's a, that's the only yeah. that's the only um, reasoning I come behind it due to the, the movement around the house, the energy around the house. Uh-huh. Um, the energy at first was more, uh, more, more of a, a kinetic type type energy. So there was things slowly moving. There was things moving around the actual uh, kitchen, um, and ma- mainly it was the downstairs mainly. Um, and then, well, weirdly, well, ma- main, mo- majority of this has been all kinetic energy. There's been no um sort of physical uh i will not say attachment because it is an attachment but physical harm or physical uh mm-hmm. movement towards me and um, it's always been around the house and household objects um now that for me is always stuck into my head and i called it a poll guys based on the film but i, I now refer i refer it as a as a hymn because right the actions that take place are more of a a teasing, like a tormentative side to him. That it's something that, if I was going to do to someone, like to wind them up, these are the exact things that I would do to that person if it was me. Right. Um, and I, but hence why I give him the name Derek. And there has been, there has been an update onto it because. As lo- alongside with the spirit world as well, and this was at my mother's house, uh, our uh, dog passed away, um, mm-hmm. this is several years, this is probably about seven or eight years ago now, um, and I only raised the name of, the, of our dog Bobby uh, about mm-hmm. two years ago, and ever since I've mentioned that name, there's been a lot, lot, lot more activity in in the actual house itself um as to lights but as it's that kinetic kinetic energy again of things being moved things being uh, chucked downstairs chucked upstairs um so yeah there hasn't as, as far as I'm aware there hasn't been anything happen for the past 2 months i believe uh the last thing to happen was the uh the picture of the dogs which it relates to Bobby picture of the three dogs were all moved upstairs off mm-hmm. the hooks on the wall. And they was all placed on this desk and no one was, you know, there's my, as my sister, as my mum, and my dad in, in their house. And they'd all said no one's touched these whatsoever. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where I've got that from with, oh, okay. with, with who I know is Derek, but could be Bobby. <laughs>
3: You know, it could be both from what I'm getting personally. That's just interesting cuz when I see poltergeist especially because of Hollywood and stuff, they've really demonized entities unfortunately, you know. Yeah. Of course there is negative or lower vibrational spirits, but there's a lot of good too. You know, they're just people without a body. Yeah. Um, you know, clusters of intelligent energy.
2: Really. Well, this is where I get the the playful side of Bobby because Bobby mm-hmm. was a, a playful dog and some of the actions that are happening are very, very playful, you know, like more of a kid uh, type activity, a child's activity. Yeah. And then the torment inside Bobby, when he wanted to be, he was, a, he was a very stubborn dog, you know, <laughs> he, and it wasn't his own fault because he was um, deaf in one ear as well. And he was blind Aww. in one eye. Aww. So, it wasn't his own fault as such, but he was, he was a stubborn dog. Even if he was, even if he was looking directly at you, he knew what you were saying, but he still mm-hmm. wanted to be stubborn, but you still get, you, s- you see that in the actions around the house as well. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, now s- s- some of the things that happened, uh, I f- we, we all think, wow, that's weird at first. Yeah. Um, but one of, well, several of the actions have happened before uh, Bobby's passing. Um, so it, yeah, like you say, it it could be both. It could be one, um, or it could be you know two, two different uh, spirits, poltergeist activity. You just
3: got a spiritual entourage. You got your buddy Derek and your dog over there hanging out. <laughs> that's that's it. what it feels like to me. You know, we just well, mess around together. That's it. We we didn't
2: know who to <laughs> call him or she or um, you know at first and. I, I spoke to Lee about this and I said I said I'm going to stick with Derek I said I don't know why Derek's just shouting out at me yeah. so I, I stuck with Derek on that one look uh, at you
3: listening to your intuition that is so precious I love that
1: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely I can't seem to um, to get him back in so I'll have to end this and then invite everybody back I think could be the easiest way Okay. Yeah, no alright so two secs alright hello hey. hey is everyone back yeah we're, we're all here. back right, right. still still all on late yet Sorry. yeah, yeah it's all sorted yet so Super. okay so we're just talking about poltergeist there then so yep. with the poltergeist thing yeah I'm, I'm sort of in the same boat as uh, what you're alluding to there kayla i was yeah. you know i'm not always convinced that poltergeists, uh should we say spirits um i think a, a lot of the time um, when I see poltergeist activity, it tends to be uh, the the person themselves seems to be creating a lot of the uh, the activity. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, and I don't know where you stand on that, Steve. Do you, do you think that a lot of the poltergeist things we see are are spirits, or do you think there's something else going on there?
0: Well, you know, I've uh, only I've only had one object thrown uh, during all the eighteen years I've been investigating it. Was I was walking down a hallway in an old house near Nashville, and uh, someone picked up a baby shoe and threw it across the hallway. They didn't throw it at me. They just threw it, mm. I guess, so that I'd know they were there. So most of the things that we, we witnessed were pretty subtle. Uh, one time yeah. we were in a house in Jackson, Tennessee, and um, there was a little girl in there that we all were aware of. And right at the very end of our investigation, she just dropped a penny out of midair into Kayla's lap. So it's kind of those kind of things that we see. We don't see anything that's violent or, you know, like you would see in a Hollywood movie. It's all kind of subtle, in a yeah. sense.
1: But where do you stand on... Because we, you know, particularly on TV, if we if we go and watch uh, an episode of Ghost Adventures or, or you know, one of the other ghost shows, we'll see people being scratched constantly. We'll see people being um, almost physically attacked by spirits and stuff like this. I mean, where do you stand on this... This good ghost, bad ghost.
3: Honestly, I think in those TV shows, it's mostly because they're provoked so much. Yeah. So I guess the way that you can think of it as, and it makes it a little clearer, is we're just spirits in the flesh. So ultimately, what you're dealing with is a humanoid cluster of intellectual energy. So they're just people, not to say that there isn't other things that we encounter or that exist, but primarily, it's just spirits, which are people. Um, it's interesting, though, because poltergeist, because of the movie, most of the time people think that poltergeist is a negative or aggressive spirit, which really, it's just an athletic spirit, because the word poltergeist comes from Germany, and it's just knocking spirit. So typically, when they say there's a poltergeist, they're just talking about an active ghost that's knocking or making noises.
2: Yeah, I mean, we, we spoke to um, David David Oman, um, it, was, it was about a while ago now, but one thing that I really brought from him, and his point that he wanted to get across as well, was, um, you know, not every spirit, ghost, uh, poltergeist that you come across mm-hmm. is negative, because that's, that's right. what it's portrayed as, a lot of it is all mm-hmm. negative, right. and... From, from his experience with uh, the activity around uh, the household, um, he said that, you know, everything is positive that he's had out of these. Uh, everything is positive. And I, we mentioned on the show about other um, shows that are out there. And we agreed with probably 90% of them that are, that are being shown on TV uh, portray that negative view from these. Right. Right. And, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's down to the open mind. It's if you're willing to let, if you're willing your mind to make to make something negative, it's going to be negative no matter what. Right. Um, but nah, I'm.
1: I'm or if I'm you, all, or if you're closed mind, you, you won't see anything. Yeah, yeah you know, it's right. like yeah, exactly. say. Well, I've never seen a UFO. Well, how many times you look for one? Never. Right.
3: You <laughs> know. I <laughs> well, mean, you get out what you put in, right? So you yeah. know the energy you put out or the thoughts you put out ultimately is what you're attracting.
0: Yeah, that's true. You know, like attracts like, and I have uh, over these many years that I've done this. I have had clients who were involved in uh, nefarious type activities, drugs, and things like that, and they have it. They do attract these lower vibrational spirits to them, or if they uh, dabble in occult stuff and their intent is not good, and they're just trying to uh, connect with anyone they can. You know, in the spirit world, they're not really. Uh, uh, just discerning or trying to connect with higher energies. Yeah, they can draw in lower lower uh, energies to them, and those energies are able to, to do physical things like scratching and so forth. But I, we just don't really run into that that much. I think our guides, our spirit guides, uh, kind of work behind the scenes to make sure that we're always protected, number one, mm. and always uh, bring cases to us that, you know, it's usually just an earthbound spirit who needs help crossing over so that's kind of our focus we're rescuers um, we're spirit social services in a sense mm-hmm. so <laughs> that's that's what they give us that's the kind of work they give us to do
1: why do you think so many spirits get trapped in this limbo if you like
3: oh man there's all kinds of reasons i mean it's simply because we're human you know and most of the time you know when Something's in our way, it's typically us, right? Yeah. So there's so many different cases I've seen. Even, for example, there's this younger boy named Jacob. He was an orphan, um, probably about 1800s or so with the clothes he was wearing. And what he expressed to me, you know, he was an orphan in a nunnery, right? So he was scared that, first of all, there's no one waiting for him. He felt alone because he was an orphan. And then he was scared because he didn't know if he was good enough, you know, because of the religious background and stuff. He was just scared. He didn't realize that it was an option and that he was okay. And then there's some people that think um, there's another person who is still looking for their sister. You know, they don't quite realize where they're at or that they've crossed over. So that's something else as well. I've met another entity. He was really funny. He was the sweetest drunk, and he his concern was, well, do they have beer in heaven? And I said, you know, it's an endless tap. Yeah, well, that's my number one concern as well. <laughs> See, <laughs> so, you know, there's all kinds of different things. You know, they're scared, or they're not educated, or they don't realize that it's an option. Hmm. I mean, what, there's I, so many different cases. But what about the... Because
1: um, you know, my personal belief... Mm-hmm. I won't call it a belief because, um, well, just yeah, I can't call it a belief. But let's just say that my knowledge of the situation, or, or you know what I've read, and that is, that Gnostics believed, as you're probably well aware, that there was um, basically, if you want to call it, an alien race um, that mm-hmm. harvested the people's energy, and it was their belief that they these beings came to Earth in order to, to convince us that when we die, we should go to the light. And the light would be a net; we would be trapped forever. Uh, that's where that harvest our energy. So when I hear this, people saying, you know, um, you know, you just talk about politics, guys, you they're know, like, "Carol, go to the light, Carol." <laughs> um, when I hear this, I often think back to that piece of scripture and think, um, you know, whether that is the right thing to do. You know, whether these that you know is the best place for. Because do we ever get a situation, and obviously you two guys are the best place to answer this, do you ever get a situation where you go to a place, you convince a spirit to, to move on, shall we say, and then that spirit comes back and almost, um, do you ever get that? Do you ever get where it comes back and says, it was the right thing to go to the other side? Or do you? Or do you is it just a case that you never hear from that spirit again, so we don't really know what's happened?
3: Oh, oh no, these yeah, definitely absolutely. come yeah. back. We get thank yous. We've had... The thing is, you know, we don't convince them. We give them an option. You know, we never, the one thing that we will never lose is our free will. Ultimately, yeah. you know, everything is up to us. But so you have,
1: is you have cool. had messages from them coming back and saying, you know.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they show yeah. up immediately sometimes. Oh. And here's the thing. Nice. We don't, we, uh, we're able to see and hear them um, and also feel their vibration increase. So, uh, we don't just go in after we do our counseling and say go to the light go to the light yeah, yeah. we <laughs> actually call on their loved ones for the from the other side so people will show up it in your case uh vinci when you when when it's your time uh, bobby may show up to take you over or to take you into a higher vibration it's always the perfect person uh relative we don't know if they had a good relationship with their parents or their children or whatever but Spirit always provides the perfect person, or maybe even a pet, uh, mm-hmm. that that person will recognize. So, our job uh, as counselors is to kind of create a bridge between uh, the lower vibrational, earthbound spirits and those uh, relatives and loved ones on the other side who have already crossed over or higher vibrations. So we kind of we kind of provide a bridge between the two, and it's really just a matter of them focusing, the earthbounds focusing their attention. And they're, um, uh, so they're able to perceive those people, and then they usually go right away. But yeah, we've had people, first time that happened, that shocked me because I thought when you crossed over, you probably had to go and do a lot of work and maybe some healing or whatever, but there was a lady that was watching over this um, mentally challenged young boy, and this was before I met Kayla and, and uh, Jennifer, but I was with a different medium, and we counseled told her that if she crossed over that she would be able to help him uh, better, in a better way than she could just staying here earthbound with him. And she crossed over and came back immediately. And that really surprised me. So, But they do come back and thank us and we've actually got a little information about what it's like on the other side from them.
1: Okay. You, now, well, you got, no, yeah, before we move on, we have got to tell us a little bit about what they've said about the other because that's intriguing, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Well, you... About the other side, you have opportunities to continue. I mean, uh, my dad, um, we have a good friend named Sheila who actually worked with us a little while. She's a great medium here. I had a reading with her, and my dad came through. My dad was in World War II, and uh, he was always uh, interested in building things. He only had a high school education, so he didn't get a chance to go to college, but she didn't know anything about my dad at all uh, when i had my reading from her and he came through and told her that he was studying architecture so you know he's always had that interest so you get opportunities to continue growing in all kinds of ways spiritually and you know mentally so it's a great it's a great thing you can pretty much imagine what you want to on the other side is what they tell us
1: Mm, that could be dangerous
0: (laughs) (laughs) well you create your own reality here right (laughs) I oh, try. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you can buy into all this stuff we're being told right now for the past couple of months or you can kind of ignore it and go about your business right absolutely and, and of uh, kind of if you stay healthy so. you stay healthier that way right <laughs> uh yeah, well
1: without so much stress and fear obviously you you're always going to do better um yeah. right so you know what's the most memorable experience you've had uh you know doing one of these investigations let's start with Stephen.
0: Oh, my goodness. I've, I've done hundreds, if not thousands, of investigations. So um, uh, there was a house, I call it the Henry House, and there was a little boy that got called to this house. This is years ago. Uh, family moved into a rental house, and the little girl, whose name was Gracie, started seeing this little boy, which she said his name was Henry. And he would wait for her at the back door every day when she got home from school. She's about seven or eight years old. And it was really cute. She said, he's wearing capris. And I didn't know what that was, so I had to look it up. But it's it's uh, short pants, like knickers, okay. uh, that the kids used to wear in the thir- 1930s. And so we went over there. This little guy was uh, trying to get attention. He was slamming uh, doors and moving things, kind of like uh, Derek, in a sense. So is that, fru- he's really- is that frustration? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's it's frustration sometimes, and it's also just... Uh, a cry for help. Yeah. It's a cry for help because, you know, sometimes they don't know exactly where they are or what they need, to, uh, where they need to go yeah. at that point. So, Especially a child. anyway, yeah. So anyway, he uh, he was amazing. Um, so I I would take an EMF meter in there any time, day or night. I went there many many times, and he would interact. And when I took music from the 1930s, he would just make the equipment go nuts. You just make it light up and just flare all over the place. So eventually uh, that family moved out. Uh, they just couldn't take it anymore. And so they gave me permission to spend the night there one night. And it would turned out to be a raging thunderstorm. I can't believe I did this, but I was in there by myself and the power went out. And I knew that there was a, a little uh, a female energy in there, too. It felt like a child. So, uh, I was walking through the house looking for the breaker box with a flashlight, and I felt this, it uh, felt like a uh, tub full of ice cold water was dumped on me. And I turned to my right and looked, and this little girl, looked like she's about six years old, wearing a white dress, ran past the doorway. And so I was able to actually call her to me later on that night uh, by singing. And she actually climbed up on my lap. I could feel her energy, it just kind of enveloped me completely from head to toe and I was able to help her cross over but I never was able to get Henry to cross over he was so stubborn Um, so what happened to the house was the owner had it bulldozed it was um, too much maintenance on it and the utilities were just going crazy from this spirit activity so it took a different medium out there and I didn't tell her anything about the place and the, there was just a pile of rubble. But what was interesting was there was a chair on the top of the pile of rubble. And when I asked her if she saw anybody, she said, yeah, there's a little boy up there sitting in that chair. So I never could get Henry to cross over. But um, mm-hmm. I did talk to him, so maybe he's he's changed his mind and gone on. I hope so.
1: Yeah, or he could still be there today.
0: He could be. Yeah.
1: And, Kayla, what's your most memorable
3: My most memorable, and it's still to this day, and I've never experienced anything like it. We, I believe it was a house, one of the houses in Midtown we went to. And there was an upstairs, we went upstairs, there's a few entities up there and stuff. But when we came back down, I felt another energy that was masculine. But he was surrounded in this black mist or fog, and he was near in one of the back rooms and I felt him shift back like he was hiding and he was scared but still kind of aggressive and I remember walking toward him and I said oh I don't like this and as soon as I walked in the room I was like look you got to stop that because you're freaking me out and we figured out that he was a murder victim he had been Aggressively attacked and stabbed by somebody he knew and was fairly close to and it was very interesting because even though he was aware that he had passed over he was still re-experiencing all that betrayal and hurt and anger and being attacked over and over again in a sense like this vicious cycle. And Stephen and Jennifer were in the room and I kept getting the feeling of you have to take the knife out of his chest. You need to help release that hurt, that pain, that energy that's so prominent and stuck to him. And I remember looking at Jennifer and Stephen and saying, okay, this is going to be really weird. Like, just let me, I'm being told to do this. And I stood up and I went towards him and I took the knife out of his chest and it was it was insane because I've never done anything like that. Try to take a metaphysical object from a spiritual being to help them release pain, almost like a, like a splinter, you know, removing a splinter or something, agitating, and just that one thing helped him so much.
0: Yeah, and psychic surgery.
3: Yes. <laughs> it was amazing. And that really did help him calm down and not be so hurt or in pain anymore, realizing he didn't have to have that still. You know, sometimes he crossed
0: to over, help. too. Yeah, yeah he, he did. crossed over beautiful. after that. Yeah. So it's
3: That's,
2: not it's mm-hmm. it could be just a littlest of things, then, because obviously the, the the spirits that know that they're dead and the spirits, obviously, that don't know that they're they're still progressing through that, which sort of should I say, groundhog day type, uh, type emotion, and mm-hmm. it could, like you say, it could be the most significant change it takes to uh, to pass someone on to move them on, or like you say, the littlest of things that just tweaks and it just tweaks their right. cycle and takes them out of that like groundhog day cycle as such. Because I suppose they are reliving that sort of in, in that, in that dimension there, they're reliving everything thinking, well,
0: I'm just going to be here forever type thing. Right. Right. Yeah. It takes a lot of psychology. Um, a lot of times if you can, um, uh, tap into their, uh, needs or their desires or their memories that are really prevalent, uh, maybe there's a, a certain person there, they really want to be with and, uh, if you can find out, like like the medium from England told me many years many years ago, ask as many questions as you can, yeah. because the more information you have, the more uh, you're able to provide the counseling that they need. So, yeah, it really is kind of social services work in a sense. And um, I, I, I suppose some yeah. of them
2: that, that you come across as well, like you say, there they're, they're waiting for other family members to pass over. I bet that's that's probably one of the biggest. Uh, for me, from thinking of it from the outside here, it's one of probably the biggest stubbornness you could have because obviously some people will hold on for dear life uh, until they pass over.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: True. I suppose, oh, yes. you know, some of them, I, I, you'd you know better than me, some of them are probably easier than others. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them, like you say, are near enough impossible to get them to come across no matter how hard you try.
0: Yeah, you have to find something that they can uh, really focus on, you know, that's important to them. And that just takes a lot of question and answer uh, going on. So we're really blessed because there's three of us, and we can validate each other, uh, cross-validate. And Kayla and Jennifer are both extremely gifted in clairaudience and clairvoyant, so they're able to hear and see you know, what's going on. Um, I, can, I can do that a little bit sometimes. Usually when I'm with them, it amps me up, so I, I'm better at doing that. But, uh, yeah, we get enough information – um, and you know, people. And I was in this. I was in this place about 18 or 19 years ago, where you rely on equipment. If you go in and you have got a spirit box or a K2 meter or some kind of meter or something like that, and you're asking a question and you're hoping to get a response, and it's a real time-consuming, kind of cumbersome, clumsy way of doing it. So we're able actually to go in in an hour or two. Like tonight, when we go, we'll be there from seven to nine. Mm-hmm. If not, we probably will leave before nine because uh, I've already connected. We actually do some of this work remotely. I've already connected with two spirits there. So I've got an idea of who's there yeah. without the lady telling me anything about what's going on there. But I won't tell Kayla anything. Kayla goes in completely blind tonight, completely mm-hmm. uh, without any information. So, yep. um, that's the time that's, I forget
3: where you even have an investigation.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so that helps her build up her uh, mediumship and psychic muscles to not have any information and um it to have other people there with you that when you get uh get some information or or have an impression to have another person validate it and say oh i'm getting the same thing you know yeah. that's that's really really important to to build up your abilities and confidence yeah
1: what about running across entities or beings or or whatever you want to call them that weren't necessarily humans, you know. Um, Obviously, I've run into a couple of shadow people, for example, Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not totally convinced that they were ever uh, humans. Um, So what about running across other entities, um, things like that, or animals, maybe?
0: We have allies on the other side that that, uh, provide protection for us automatically, and also are available to be uh, summoned, called on whenever we come across something like that. So I've had su- a situation one time where there was uh, a little girl was getting ready to cross. We would called on her, her loved ones. Her dad showed up, and this man who was uh, – it was in a school. This man had been a, uh, a maintenance worker at the school, and he'd kind of set up a his own little kingdom in the spirit world where uh, he was uh, – Frightening the other several other spirits that were there. So he came in between the girl and her father and just instinctively I called on our spiritual ally this archangel energy. Uh, It's just higher energy, uh, more powerful energy. And it was during the workshop, actually, and the people that I had my eyes closed, but the people in the workshop said this really bright light came down the hallway really quickly and it took him away. So, I don't know, I guess it took him to a correctional facility. I don't know where he where he took him, but yeah, we've got mm-hmm. uh, we've got allies on the other side that when we run into dark energies, um, you know they're available to to offer assistance, but uh our guides also steer us away from that kind of work. That's not our deal, so we don't come across too much of that actually.
3: we've definitely um Encountered what we call elementals though. Jennifer actually the other medium on our team she's very connected with elementals and when I say Mm -hmm. that I'm talking about you know fairies and elves and you know magical quote unquote magical things of that nature
1: Yeah, we've definitely
3: seen and I as a child experienced a lot of fairy activity which I thought I was crazy and daydreaming but now that I know what I know now I was like I knew it Wow. This whole time.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is all new for me this elemental stuff because I never really came across that until I till Jennifer showed up actually. And uh she's she's done a lot of work in that area so um uh, they seem to be uh appearing more and more which I'm, you know, it's fine with me. I'm open to that and they're always benign and uh so it's it's very interesting. And this is a journey. You know, nobody knows everything. Nobody's an expert anybody tells you an expert turn around run the other way because nobody yeah. knows knows all about this all we can do is speak from our own experience that's mm-hmm.
1: it absolutely so
0: that's what's... the best thing about it. it's a new experience every
2: time as well
1: yeah well it is it's going into the unknown isn't it so that's what's it. the uh what's the plans for the future then
2: uh,
0: well, tonight we've got an investigation, uh, which which is an old house built in about 1949. It's old to us. It's probably not old to you guys. You've got your <laughs> castles and things over there. but uh, So we'll, we'll do that, and then we've got, oh gosh, we've got about five investigations lined up after that. Um, we're doing a lot of interviews because we uh, we're, during the lockdown, we just wanted to stay active, so we've done a lot of interviews. So we still have a mm-hmm. lot more coming up um we were featured on the cover of paranormal underground magazine which is a great magazine if you haven't ever heard of that look it up paranormal underground magazine and uh, we were uh, lucky enough to get the investigator spotlight uh, focus article in that in the april issue so that's out there and i'm working on a book right now i'm about halfway through writing a book about uh, my experiences in Paranormal investigation and spirit rescue over the past eighteen years. So, I hope that uh, Llewellyn or Hayhouse House or somebody will want to publish that. If they not, if they don't, I'm going to self-publish it myself later this year. So I'm I'm getting close to finishing it.
1: Okay, great stuff. Well, thank you very much for for joining us.
0: Oh, we um, thank you.
3: Yeah, thanks for having us.
1: And you'll have to keep us posted. I think, um, you know. We'll probably get back in touch with you, um, and you know, see how these investigations go. And I, I want to get into the um, theory stuff as well, because um, mm-hmm. you know, I've had experience with them my, myself. So, um, awesome. We'll probably do that on another occasion, but um, but yeah, thanks for for joining us, guys.
0: Well, thank yeah, you so thank much. You. Uh, we appreciate the opportunity to talk about Spirit Rescue. It's Definitely. our passion. Good. No, no worries. Definitely get back get get you back on the show for sure. Okay, take care and stay safe. Stay well.
3: Talk for now.
1: Okay, so that's the that's the Memphis team there. I think um, like we said in in the interview us, but we will get them back on again maybe to you know go back through some of the investigations that they've done recently. Um, and we'll have to speak maybe get Kayla on about those uh, fairy stories as well which is always intrigues me
2: it's a shame really we didn't come across them before um uh, when Tonya come on and talked about her account as well because I think they could have helped with Tonya as well then moving on you know yeah that, yeah spirit it with, with ideas, her, yeah,
1: yeah. well she so can certainly go out check their uh, Facebook out or the website and see definitely if definitely there, yeah check that out up on there I imagine they've got links on there to show you how to do stuff like that so
2: yeah we'll add links as well to their website on our uh show notes as mm-hmm. well um but yeah definitely worth checking out because it's very interesting their side of what they're doing it's not it's a paranormal investigation but it's not really as it is it's that it's, it's sort of like they're out on a mission to try and release them from that spirit world
1: yeah and the website for those who want to know is just memphis dot com. Uh, and that's the same for the facebook it's uh, memphis ghost investigations and spirit rescue so go and join them uh, if you're on facebook if you if you're not um then don't but join them somewhere else you know go on and have a look at the website you know something like that and if you can um review the show obviously they're intermittent at the moment with what's going on we're trying our best thank you for uh hanging in there thank you for your loyalty and your patience. Um, it's been, um, you know, it's been great. So got to say that, but yeah, if you can uh, share the show, obviously word of mouth is still the best way to, to uh, grow a podcast. Yeah. Um, so if you could share it on your social media, uh, all that stuff. And again, I always say, you know, a lot of people are um, put off by putting stuff paranormal, et cetera, on their social media, but you, you can always just put it up and just say, um, Oh, yeah, get on. Yeah, get on the hangout. Post it up there. Get it on there.
2: Whatever on you've got them. to say or show, get, get it up on the hangout because we're we, you know we're all like-minded people on there, apart from Lee. But we're uh, yeah. yeah, definitely uh, take on any accounts, stories that you've got or any links of fascinating news that you have.
1: Hmm. Just share, 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 and uh, yeah. And if you've got a story you want to share, let us know. Uh, we are doing a, a cryptid show um, soon uh, that's in the works so if you if you've got a cryptid story you want to share then by all means uh, send that to us, you know, yeah. if you want to come on and tell your story that's totally doable that being said yeah uh, uh, stay safe all that shit and uh, we'll see you on the other side bye for now
3: well they've gone no just for now
1: it wasn't the right time for us to meet But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. They'll be back.